This is an ABC podcast. The Outer Sanctum is recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respect to their elders past and present. time in the history of the AFL. In from the side, Houghton. She was surrounded by blue jumpers. And the Simon, groundbreakers, history makers. It would be some sort of miracle. There's Norna. Has it tapped away from Hickey. Benici, who's trying hard all day, but the siren sounds and Brisbane celebrate, they're into their third grand final. What's been a desperate, complete performance from Adelaide. Huge win. The road to the AFLW Premiership once again winds through the City of Churches to the Adelaide Oval. Next Saturday, right here, the Crows will chase an historic third title. Welcome to the grand final edition of the Outer Sanctum. It's the biggest week of the AFLW loving year. On today's show, we discuss the big footy stories with the head of the AFLW, Nicole Livingston, and we prepare for the grand final with Adelaide's Mariana Raychik and Isabel Dawes from the Lions and fan favourite and the 2021 leading goal kicker, Darcy Vessio, is here. My name is Emma Race and I am joined by a bunch of grand final swooning footy fanatics. They are, of course, my football-loving sanctum sisters. I'm going to let them do the honours. How do you do? Very well, Shelley Ware. Great to be here, Nicole Hayes. Lovely to meet you. I'm Lucy Race. <laughs> <laughs> you look kind of familiar. Happy birthday, Nicole Hayes. We just Yay. we just created a beautiful grand final um, delicious spread for you for your birthday. You must be excited given that you are a Brisbane Lion. I am pumped for the Lions and they're going to bring it. They I'm are going to bring it. The prelims did not disappoint. Um, I Look, I, I'm not looking at you when I say that, Lucy, because you're a D's <laughs> fan. Mm. Look, I think there was a little bit of disappointment, but I think we do have the two greatest teams going to face off in the grand final this Saturday. I want to hear your highlights from the prelim, though. Who would like to go first? Lucy? Yes. So my highlight was the fact that that game between Brisbane and Collingwood was so close and it went down to the wire. The game was still up for grabs with, I think there was maybe 30 seconds on the clock. Collingwood were 10 points down and Ash Brazzle marks the ball and knows exactly what she has to do. She just gets up, runs around her player, her defender, who I think was Courtney Hodder, who was on the ground and kicks a goal from outside 50 metres and it kept the hope alive. Now, they didn't go on and win, but I loved seeing Ash Brazzle do that because what I thought in that moment was here is somebody who knows exactly what needs to happen. I'm going to do it. I'm going to take responsibility for it. It's her fourth game back after recovering from an ACL and it was the first goal that she kicked for Collingwood. So I love it when players know what they've got to do and that was my highlight. Nerves of steel. I just don't know how they do it. It's, you know, cut the red wire, cut the blue wire kind of business. You know, it's knowing what to do in those high pressure moments, which confirms for me that I would never be able to face that kind of pressure. Nicole Hayes, what was your highlight? Well, look, the game itself probably wasn't the the most, um, you know, thrilling spectacle all the way through the the, um, Adelaide-Melbourne game and especially for the Melbourne supporters who might feel a bit frustrated. But... 
gosh, I take my hat off to the Crows' defensive game. It was quite extraordinary. Their back line was impenetrable. They, you know, hit their record um, of tackles, 76 tackles for a match. But one of the my favourite moment was probably when Aaron Phillips laid a tackle on Libby Birch. And, like, the game wasn't really in contest even at that point. She just didn't let her go. I was waiting for the umpire to pry her off. And it was just, I thought it was so symptomatic of how determined Adelaide was. And, you know, there was a real effort from Melbourne to try to kind of um, bring it together. But, you know, they were thrown off their game. The pressure was just too much for them. And Adelaide really, you know, deserved that win. Yeah, she stuck to her like COVID-19, didn't (laughs) she? (laughs) Shelley Ware, what was your highlight? Well, I loved Dakota Davidson's celebrations. I loved she kicked three goals and through that time I just kept thinking I've never celebrated anything like that in my life <laughs> and I wish I could do that and I just felt every bit of it and it was beautiful to see. My highlight was seeing Lauren Arnell getting through to an AFLW grand final. We know that she let out the blues on that very first night of AFLW back when the competition began and to see her at the end of the game I realised that Moments of celebration don't always look the way that you think they do. She just looked relieved. Mm, She looked so relieved. And I know how important she's been to the Brisbane Lions, but she's also been incredibly important for people who've been hanging on to these stories. And there was a great story in ESPN actually this week about – the, the, those foundation players and how important they've been to the competition. So to see her get a grand final berth is just thrilling. I was so excited for her. But, of course, the story that was massive and, you know, it's been a cloud kind of hanging over the entire weekend of the prelims was the Crows skipper and superstar Chelsea Randall and how she got a concussion after she and Eliza McNamara and McNamara has been massive for the D's this season. They had a huge stack and it concussed them both and concussion protocols, the new ones, mean that neither could play for 12 days after the concussion symptoms have subsided. Of course, that means that Chelsea Randall will miss the grand final, but this week in a moment of unbelievable leadership, we saw her make comment on what that has meant for her and how she's been kind of digesting that news. Let's listen to that now. I decided not to take any further action um, because what kind of message I guess would that be sending to our grassroots football because concussion is serious um, it is scary you know when I was 20 I was watching a, an E division grand final and um, a young man like died in front of my eyes the week prior he'd, um, he'd been concussed he went to seven different doctors he got an approval to play, he was the captain of his team and he received a normal bump at a centre bounce and he never got back up. The audio there, thanks to the Crows and really massive of Chelsea to come out and to lead that conversation. Lucy, she's she's such an incredible person in this competition. Absolutely. And she really is showing great leadership here because that message will be seen by so many other players. And I think we really need to normalise the fact that Playing through injuries, whether it's concussion or whether it's something else, is actually not the best thing to do. There was a beautiful moment when Eliza McNamara and Chelsea came up to each other towards the end of that game and gave each other a hug. And that also kind of sums up the culture of AFLW for me. It sure does. This concussion protocol um, is the it's rolling out during the AFLW season, and there has been questions about whether or not there should be a buy to separate the prelims and the grand final so that you don't miss the grand final because of 
the protocols, there's no one better for us to actually have this conversation with than the head of the AFLW competition. Nicole Livingston joins us now. Welcome to the Outer Sanctum, Nick. Uh, I am overjoyed and excited. Um, Can't wait for this grand final. It's been a super season. You couldn't have scripted it better. What's been your highlight? Um, is the fact that a lot of it has been unscripted, to be brutally honest. I mean, we've been fixturing week by week, and you know that, um, to, to deliver the 63 home and away matches and then move into the finals um, has been a huge accomplishment, not only for the clubs, the players, but also us from an administration point of view at the AFL. Um, it's been no mean feat to deliver this this year, and um, we've all had to really put our shoulders to the wheel and, and get it done. So I, I'm really proud of, of where we've got to, and um, I know when we get to Adelaide Oval on, on Grand Final Day that we'll be standing there with a sense of pride as well, watching the two best teams um, do battle for the Grand Final Cup. Yay, we're going to give a Grand Final Cup out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nick, it's Nick here. How are you? <laughs> Hi, Nick. I'm very well. Thank you, Nick. Thank you for asking. <laughs> uh, it has been a really big year with lots of changes and, you know, you guys have done a, an amazing job. Cats off to you for that. Um, but uh, one of the biggest ones is the concussion protocol, the change mm. to the 12-day, the automatic 12-day um, uh, player stand down. And, of course, we're seeing it tested this week with the grand final with Chelsea Randall. Has there been any conversation about the possibility of introducing a buy round before the grand final f- for purposes of giving players a chance to come back from such an injury? Look, I think um, um, a couple of points on this. I'm exceptionally proud of the way that uh, Chelsea has handled this situation and the messaging that she's um, uh, been able to put in place this week because there's um, no doubt that what we see in the elite competition gets mirrored into community um, football. So for Chelsea to be such a leader and talk about um, her experience previously around concussion and injury in, in um, football and then to, to actually say to people, you know, I, I've decided not to pursue this further because I understand the importance of it. Uh, concussion needs to be treated no differently to doing an ACL or an MCL or, or any other injury uh, and it does take time to get through um, and for us putting in the 12 days was important. It is um, off research that we've been um, working through and provided um, through experts that that is actually the right decision to make. So I know for some Crows supporters and also the team, they might be disappointed that Chelsea can't get there. But clearly, if you watch that collision uh, in the prelim final, it was um, a pretty big collision and she was clearly out for quite some time. So we want to make sure that, you know, when Chelsea's at Grandma Chelsea stage, that mm-hmm. she's in fine health and um, this is the right decision that, that that is in place, not only by the AFL with our rules and regulations, but the spirit in which Chelsea has now um, grabbed it as, as overall messaging for the community to actually look after yourself because we want to be um, healthy and happy in our, in our older life, not just when we're playing footy. Yeah, I think the general community response has been really positive to it, which really, you know, I'm really pleased to hear too. Um, but on the rules that, you know, uh, a lot of the modifications that were introduced to AFLW initially to sort of change the or to um, enhance the way the players played and, and the spectacle of it, I feel like, or some of us feel like that some of the rules have kind of outlived their usefulness in some ways. Um, is there things like having perhaps the 18 players on the side might actually help with injury and recovery and even looking at time on for the entire game, those sorts of modifications that were made, has there been, has there been much conversation about revising those? 
Oh, like everything. I mean, we're into our fifth season and just about to finish that. And if you count season four, which was not a complete season, I mean, it's so young in our own history that we're writing. And what I want to make sure is that we actually look for what's best for women's football. And I don't think it needs to look exactly the same as the men's game. Um, I don't think all of the planning that we do needs to... Um, take into consideration exactly the way that the men's game looks. So um, we have list sizes of 30. We continue to, to review that after every season, um, particularly with injuries and, and whether or not lists do end up getting depleted. Some clubs did have some injury concerns this year that depleted there. The West Coast had really bad luck this year in terms of their lists. Um, but we do have mechanisms for train on players and then players to come up and be elevated. And what's actually really good right now is that we actually have the state league competition sitting below AFLW, the NAB league sitting below AFLW. So there's actually this vertical movement up and down as well to be able to bring players into the competition if if needed. Um, from from an 18 side versus 16 aside, um, you know, no no plans to change that. But like everything we do with AFLW, we do do a full review and that goes through the competition committee. Um, and, um, you know, post-season we'll do that. And, and just like um, the competition committee will look at everything, the commission also expects the full review to go through to them and, uh, and to, to run their eyes and, and their leadership across it as well. Nick, it's Emma here. If Adelaide win their third of four AFLW grand finals that have been played, it cements them as a dynasty. But does it also raise a query in at AFL HQ about bringing Port Adelaide in to equalise the talent in South Australia? I was actually there last weekend and I had even the Premier in front of me um, talking up Port Adelaide. So, um, look, it, they, they've made their intentions really clear. So, too, of Hawthorne, your team. Have so they? Too, <laughs> I don't know. There's maybe a little bit of controversy in the week of the grand final. Um and then, obviously, Essendon and, and the Swans. I mean, it, it's actually a compliment to where we are five years down the track that we've gone from eight to 10 to 14 teams and now all 18 want in. That's always been part of our vision is to actually have an 18-team competition. But we need to make um, the right choices at the right time. You know, we, Let's not forget we've just come out of COVID where um, community football and those pathways have had a handbrake on for a period of time. Um, so we just need... We've got the under-19 under championships happening right now. So there's some great talent coming through but you know in years to come we're going to see girls going right through from Auskick through to the AFLW Elite right through our talent pathway so there's more talent coming I'm really proud of South Australia and what they've done because you know if you look five ten years ago the rate of participation for girls in South Australia was pretty lean and now it's it's growing um, so Port want in we just need to figure out the right time for that and that is a commission decision that's not for me well above my pay grade. So the commission, the commission do meet though in the coming weeks. They meet in May. It, like, will we get a decision out of that meeting? Um, I, again, from an agenda point of view, with the commission, not not in my remit. But we are certainly talking about um, the AFLW and um, you know the, the, what the future looks like for AFLW. And it's not just that. I mean, one of the pieces that that we would like to try to nail is what the year-round athlete looks like. So. Our players are very stop-start. You know, we'd, we'd love to be able to figure out what an off-season looks like for AFLW players in the future. Um, so, yeah, there's plenty of work going on in terms of um, future planning. But, again, um, it, it's a commission decision and um, they will be discussing that. And they've made that clear to the, the CEOs and the presidents of the AFL that they will be discuss, discussing the timelines for the future of the four clubs coming in. 
you know, when all of these things like rules and like expansion are discussed and discussed at a very high level, are some of those kind of social and political considerations taken into account and what the, the other advantages and what the other metrics of these decisions are? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, um, we, we've proven our, our um, dedication to AFLW and our commitment to AFLW. I mean, as I said, we've gone from eight teams to 10 to 14. And on paper, that rate of expansion over such a short period of time, you know, it, it is what it is, but it has tested the market um, in, in the five years that we've been around. So, you know, some of those decisions have also been about um, increasing the number of women that have had an opportunity to play elite football, increasing the number of clubs that have an opportunity to change the culture in their club. And we've, we, we keep hearing that from our clubs, that it has actually transformed their culture. Um, you know, Hawthorne and Essendon have a VFLW team at the moment, so they do have female um, players in their club. So um, they are also experiencing that change of culture as well. So, yes, those, um, those sort of um, issues and, and um, discussions are, are taking place. But um, we also need to make the right choice from a football point of view uh, in terms of the timing when it comes to expanding the competition. Hi, Nick. It's Shelley here. Hi, Shelley. Hey. Um, with the commission, will you also be looking at a 10-year plan for, you know, I'm a bit of a planner, love to see everything laid out, and I was just wondering if that was going to be part of it, and will it include a gender audit as requested at the CBA? Um, so the gender audit was um, not exactly requested at the CBA. Okay. What we've agreed to from the CBA is an AFLW competition uh, review, so um, that as soon as the season is over um, this weekend. We'll, we'll get on to that right. in terms of um, that becoming um, uh, in, in train. So that will take place in the off-season months this year. Um, so that AFLW competition review will take place this year in the off-season. Um, from a 10-year plan point of view, um, our planning um, is, is looking at um, obviously you know, reviewing the season and then moving forward. I don't know. I think about the last five years, Shell, and some of the things that have played out, if we had a plan for a 10-year plan, they wouldn't have been in the playbook. That um, was in so... nobody's plan, Nicole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly right. I mean, we wouldn't have thought about COVID. Um, we wouldn't have known that was coming. We wouldn't have known that football was going to be, you know, had a handbrake on. So, so one of the things about putting in long-term plans is that um, we want to make sure it does actually contemplate any opportunity that, that does present that, you know, maybe a 10-year plan might stifle. Okay, so let's get on to that grand final. What numbers are you expecting? <laughs> it's actually been selling really well. I think um, in the first uh, 15 minutes of uh, it being open to general public, we had close to 10,000 people that have bought tickets. So, yeah, it's going to be really awesome. So, we're, you know, 40,000 is the um, the number that we have, uh, 75% of, of the Adelaide um oval venue. So yeah, we're hoping to get close to 40,000. So um, encourage anybody that uh, wants to even do a driving trip across to Adelaide. It's a great town. Um, they will welcome you with open arms as long as you put in a good COVID plan around yourself um, <laughs> and, and get to the footy. Um, let's see if we can pack it out. It's so exciting to see a game at the Adelaide Oval. And I think I noticed the difference with the camera set up last week. Is Can you tell us if the goal line review technology will be operational for this game? Yeah. yeah, no, the ARC's not, at the moment, the ARC is not up for um, AFLW, but it's certainly something that we're looking at for this weekend. Oh, okay. Sorry, for oh. this weekend, for next season, for next but, season. So oh, it won't be, sorry, I got your hopes up then. <laughs> no, it but... Won't what, be, it is, won't be there for the AFLW grand final. So isn't, would it, the technology already be in place for men's football at Adelaide Oval? 
Um, yeah, I believe it would be. And, and there's obviously a Crows game um, the following day um, for the men's competition. So, yeah, it's not something that we're planning to have in place for the AFLW Grand Final. Well, I guess we hope it doesn't come down to one goal. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? We've, we've got a very experienced umpiring um, roster for the AFLW Grand Final. They're AFL umpires as well. So I do put a lot of trust in those umpires. Does that feel weird to you saying that it won't be available though? Um, no, no. I, I mean, I, to introduce that for the last game of a, of a season, um, you know, I, I think we're comfortable with, with where we are and, and the way the game has been umpired this year. So, um, yeah, I, I hope I don't have to uh, mark my words with you mm, on, yeah. on this interview today. But, yeah, no, I, I mean, it's something that we'll look at for next year. All right. Put it on the agenda for the commission um, when they meet and just with that little ticket that says give Hawthorne an AFLW license. <laughs> hey, congratulations. It has been an extraordinary um, season and there's been so many um, highlights and we've been so excited to actually get footy. And I know that you've all been scrambling in there. But the thing that's been amazing has been um, just seeing some really natural football that has blown our socks off. And oh, no. it's actually just been respite for our tired and weary brains. <laughs> I've, just, um, I've been really impressed with the confidence of our players this year. I mean, to see how many, um, you know, runs along the wing, taking multiple bounces, having shots, um, you know, they're really confident in what they're doing. So um, I hope we have a close and um, really tough grand final this weekend and, women's footy wins in the end. Yeah, we've got the MVP awards tonight and then the W award next week. Have you do you give tips, Nicole, or is, does that feel like you're just veering into territory you shouldn't oh, veer into? You know what? It's so close. I mean, we obviously we don't know. It's the same as the the Brownlow where it's locked up, but um, you know, it is so close uh, this year with you know some really great, I know everyone's talking about Kiara, Lisa Parker had a great um, a great year this year as well. Um, you know, plenty of North and Collingwood players that may take votes away from each other. But, you know, th- there's been some really outstanding players across most teams. Any tip for the grand final? Oh, I keep saying it. It's corny and I know you'll like it. It's going to be women's footy that wins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and hopefully not with a goal review on the line. Nicole Livingston, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us and congratulations on yeah. a stellar season. Thanks, guys. That was Nicole Livingston, head of AFLW, joining us there in Grand Final Week. Coming up, we have Mariana Ratchich from the Adelaide Crows, Beldors from the Brisbane Lions, and everybody's favourite, Darcy Vessio from Carlton. You're listening to The Outer Sanctum. All right, the Adelaide Oval is dusting everything, putting the lines on the oval. But what we really want to know is how are these two teams going to match up? We've tasked Lucy Race and Nicole Hayes to give us the chops on who's going to win this game. Lucy? Well, look, is there a harder job than taking on Adelaide, the two-time premiers and the 2021 minor premiers, in a home grand final? I reckon they've really proven that they can make Adelaide Oval as much of a fortress as Norwood. And I think their credentials in finals and in tough games are stellar. At their best, they have one of the most skillful and determined midfields. And we saw Anne Hatchard and Ebony Marinoff combine last week for something like 62 disposals. Rochelle Martin was seemingly everywhere, especially in the second half. I love the defensive line of this team. I think they lost Chelsea but didn't really 
skip a beat on on field. And Sarah Allen, just gosh, I love her. She t- she continues to be one of the best defenders in the competition, and I think she'll be massive this week. We also know that they can score, so we've seen Erin pop up, but then players like Chloe Shear, Tia Charlton, Stevie Lee, and Ash Woodland, who came to the team from Melbourne, has just been brilliant. So. I think this is going to be a much more tightly contested game than Adelaide's game against Melbourne. I think we're going to see two of the best defensive teams in the competition come up against each other. I wonder whether Ebony Marinoff might be the difference. She's one of those big game players. So I'm going to predict Adelaide by three points. Okay, Nicole, you've got your lion suit on. Why do they win it? Look, hopefully Brisbane, um, after their game, the uh, city brought out the hyperbaric chambers to uh, get them through because that was a pretty bruising encounter with the Pies and and obviously they had um, a much more contested game than Adelaide. Um, Look, the, the reality is they've lost two. And emotion is everything in a grand final. The opportunity to actually make it right and to win will be very powerful. But, of course, you know, their forwards are really on fire at the moment. Dakota Davidson's caught up to to, um, Darcy, even though, of course, she's got extra games to do it. But she had her three goals last week. Greta Bodie with her two. And you've got such exciting players like Jess Wushner, who's really coming back. I don't think she's, you know, been great since her... um, lightning strike last year, but she's really getting back to some of her best football. Um, And of course, you know, Courtney Hodder was quiet last week, but I reckon she's going to really step up. So if the forwards can really bring it and cut through that incredibly strong defensive line, as you say, I think they're going to bring the magic. I think they're going to bring some of that passion, that hunger to win that losing two grand finals can, you know, can create. So I'm going to say Brisbane, I'm going to say by six. Oh, Okay. So with all grand final weeks, there's always other storylines that are threading through. It's never just about the game. Chelsea Randall's been a massive one and it's thrown something up that you put to the group this week, uh, Shelley Ware, that mm. I think we all have very different opinions on. Yes, we do. We do. I have two questions for all of you. Are the Crows the reigning premiers after the year that was COVID? And should Chelsea Randall get a grand final medal if the Crows win? So let me speak first before you do. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. So we saw the finals come to a screaming halt last year. There were no premiers, but everyone said that it was going to be Frio's year. But others said that it was going to be Blues, others being me and a couple of other million people. So the Crows won in 2019 convincingly beating the Blues 63 to 18. The Crows, are, as we know, are in it again on Saturday's grand final, the third in three years. Chelsea Randall's out with a concussion and I believe that she contributed all year and should get a grand final medal. I like how the NFL and the NBA do it with the championship rings for the players and the officials. I think that everyone that contributed should be rewarded because they don't get there without them. So now I'll ask you again. (laughs) Are the Crows the reigning premiers and should Chelsea Randall and all the players who got the Crows in Brisbane there get a grand final medal if they win? Oh, who wants these are curly ones, and I think you're only bringing that to this to the table because Julia Kiera is not here because she would say absolutely no way should Chelsea get a medal if she doesn't play on Grand Final day, and I think she's won me over. I don't think people who don't play on the day should get a medal because I think it gets too messy, 
And it's messy. You only print up a few more. What if somebody's been suspended? What if somebody, you know, if they're, mm. they're actually done the wrong thing, I for example? I feel like so mean saying that. Is that where you sit, Nicole? So I'm a no and a no. So Adelaide's not back-to-back and the, you don't get the medal if you didn't play. And it's for the same reason. A grand final is a unique and very particular thing. The actual game itself is, yes, an accumulation of a whole series of events that led to it, but it's year dot when you start, when that um, ball bounces and I think recognising the uniqueness of it and the competitive nature of players where I don't think they'd want the consolation prize. All okay, right, Lucy. Lucy Race. Hayes is bringing the tough love and I'm here for it. <laughs> I don't think they're back-to-back. I think there's an asterisk, a big gap in the middle. On the medal, I am prepared to concede that it's important to listen to players and I have listened to Julia Kiera's voice on this and so I understand that she might not want to get that medal. However, I do believe that we are in a situation with new competitions that we can actually change the culture and I really do like the idea of having something that honours the whole squad because if you're going to talk about it being a team effort and you're going to talk about all of those things and lean on all of that during the season, then celebrating it when it comes and bringing everybody into that celebration and giving them some kind of token that reflects their contribution is also important. You want to call it a token? (laughs) She called it a medal. You called it a token. (laughs) I won best under nine girls. I still have that medal. I was the only under nine girl at athletics. It does not take away from my achievements. That's right. Still got the state record for high jump, only girl, but I've still got that state record. Here's an idea. I'm a creative thinker. How about we have a medal called the golden asterisk? I'm Darcy Vessio and you're listening to the Outer Sanctum Podcast. This season, the Adelaide Crows, Mariana Rajic wowed us racing around the world and then she's raced right into the AFLW Grand Final. She joins us on the Outer Sanctum. How are you, Mariana? Yeah, really good. Thanks for having me, ladies. Well, we have enjoyed everything you've been bringing this season, but it's not been without drama. How are you (laughs) feeling sitting here knowing everything that's just gone on in the prelim and what you've got ahead of you? Yeah, um, I mean, it was obviously it's a a hard hard thing to, you know, to go into any game without your captain, um, but leading obviously into the grand final, to lose Chelsea, you know, it's, it's huge. No one, you know, everyone, I think, in the footballing community would say you'd rather be playing with her than against her and you'd obviously want her on your side. Um, but unfortunately, protocols come in. You know, she passed her concussion test on Monday with flying colours. So any other year, any other sport, um, she'd be playing on Saturday. But obviously, you know, there's a there's a bigger, bigger lesson here, which obviously people have tuned in and she came out yesterday and, and had her say and, you know, obviously putting out her message but um but you know as a as a squad we're raring to go we have belief that we can still get the job done um obviously she she has belief in us and yeah so we're all just kind of looking forward to the big dance now Chelsea's message was of course that um concussion protocols and the safety of the head is incredibly important and it sends a really important message that she's not going to be playing this weekend that is leadership with layers that we haven't yep. seen before. You know Chelsea really well. How is she holding up and how are you holding up that she won't be alongside you? <laughs> you know, as as much as um it's a it's a blow to to the team and the squad, but you know, it's it has it's had its moments. You know, she's had a cu- rough couple of days, but she's also been really really good, which is 
which is her, and um, she's positive and she's smiling, and you know she she always puts everyone ahead of herself, and she's done the exact same thing in this situation. So, um, you know, we're very very lucky and fortunate to have someone, you know, a part of our football club, um, someone as good as her. So it's yeah, it's it's been good. Mariana, it's Lucy here. I think something that really stood out for me watching that game last weekend was your tackle count. Alongside that is, I think, this ability of this Crows team to really just absorb the pressure and just really deliver. Do you guys, you know, take confidence from the fact that you've been to the grand finals, you've played in finals before, you know how to get the job done? And what does a player like Ebony Marinoff, whose stats just go through the roof in big games, what does that mean for the team? Um, well, Noffy, Noffy in terms of the oh, sorry, dogs are dogs are going crazy now. We love dogs here. Yeah. Yeah. Dogs are encouraged. Yeah. Um, but it's it's one of those things that um, I guess with with Noffy, she, she what you see is what you get. She is a warrior. She will do you know even at training. She's always you know she she's the one that's setting that training standard. She's making the tackles. She's She's, she trains the way she plays, as, as we all do and as as we all try and do. Um, but she is that probably, you know, she is hungry. She wants success. She sees balls, gets balls. If anyone's in her way, she'll take them down. Um, but but I guess something that we've spoken about all season with Doc Clark is is that this is the greatest season of AFLW that there's going to be. And teams are great. The quality's um, so much better. You look at the speed of the game, it's only increasing every year. So if you're not at your best, you're not going to be there. And we want her to be the best and we want to, we're still striving to get better. So in terms of our training and that pressure, we knew that that pressure is, is going to be there week in, week out. And you've seen it, you know, throughout this whole season, that, that pressure, that tackle, you know, you see it in, in the men's game every weekend. Like that's, that's what footy's about. And so I guess we've, We've trained that way, um, knowing that we're going to play that way. So hopefully that puts us in good stead for Saturday. In the post-match interview, Noffy did um, mention that all three lines are all really um, cohesive and the structure is really good at Adelaide at the moment. I expect that that's what's going to hold you in really good stead going forward. It's, it's remarkable, the strength that you have. How would you describe the team? How would you describe the atmosphere of this team and what their self-belief is? Um, I, I mean, it's it's something that's been instilled. It's it's in our foundation. It's it's the culture. But I honestly, we genuinely care about each other. Um, and it's not just you know four and five of us. It's 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 all thirty. Um, we love being around each other. We love going to training. We have so much fun. Like, I think there's just so many elements that you you have right that that help um, and help create that and help hold that together. Um, so I think it's. It's that connection piece. We are connected. We talk about it, but one in, all in. Um, because if someone's not in, there's a there's a break in your in your armour. Mariana, it's Lucy again. Something that I don't know that lots of people know about you is that you were once Miss Adelaide Croatia in 2015. <laughs> and what I love about this is, you know, you talk about how proud you are of your Croatian roots and how important that community is to you. I don't know, do you follow, I know that there is a big community of people playing Australian rules football in Croatia. What does there this is. mean for your community? It's, I think it's, I mean, it's, I guess when you look at it, so many Croatians, my dad and mum included, 
and they migrated to Australia. They obviously had, you know, their homeland, so that they connected with those people, and they did. They they created the Croatian club here. There's the soccer tournament every year. Um, we've obviously got lots of different Croatian clubs around the country, so I'm fortunate enough to have made friends, obviously, being Miss Croatia, um, <laughs> representing, representing our Croatian club in Adelaide and, and going, obviously, on that stage. And, and a lot of people, when they hear it, that it's a Miss Croatia thing, it's like, oh, it's a beauty pageant, but it's our community's way of highlighting um, the input and how important women are in that culture and obviously a lot of people you know especially when you're looking at like soccer it's it's you know they talk about it it's a it's a man's club it's it's for men um which obviously is not and society's changing that but that was our way our community's way of highlighting okay what do the women bring to the community and and so i raised about 10 or 15 thousand dollars that year for our club um you know running quiz nights lotteries and so it's just that way of highlighting how can we make our community, like our Croatian community in Australia, bigger and better, um, and having and showing and showing what the women are doing in those clubs? So it, that that was great, and you know, I've obviously, you know, my first language was Croatian. I grew up speaking Croatian. Uh, my family's still in Croatia, half of them or more than half. Um, so it is, it's a big part of um, my culture and my upbringing. Um, but it, it, it's awesome. It's you know, I, sport. Croatia loves their sport. So <laughs> as as we you know, as you can see. But you know, me growing up, probably more so with dad. I lo- I did. I, I I grew to love soccer. Not that I'd never watched AFL. I loved watching footy um, every weekend. I used to watch all the games. I was a Crows fan as a kid. Um, and so it was one of those that I think sport is just such a big big factor not just in in my life but in a lot of croatians and i guess you know in australia so everyone's kind of jumped on that but we've got croats in the in the league you've got the bolter uh, in um at richmond there's a couple ivan Maric, obviously still coaching there so there's definitely lots of croats um playing footy now that's for sure you are flying the flag and I feel like you might have been Miss Croatia in 2015, but you're still wearing that sash, lady, <laughs> <laughs> and proudly. Don't take the crown off. Hey, a quick one before we let you go because I know you've got a really busy uh, week, obviously. Um, if you win on Saturday, will we see yep. people in the team photo holding up two fingers signalling back-to-back? Because 2020, there was no grand final, <laughs> but you did win it the year before. So with... Technically, would this be back to back? Technically, I, I guess so. But then, when you're looking at the numbers of the years, it's you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. It might be that I'm holding up two because I might have two cups. But um, there'd be a lot of players in the team that might be holding up three fingers. So, um, yeah, no, nah, we obviously can't get too ahead of ourselves. We haven't done, <laughs> done the job yet, and the uh, Brisbane are a very, very strong, strong unit. Um, so we've got a good game on our hands. It was a trick question and you defended it perfectly <laughs> as I knew you would. Have a fantastic time on Saturday. We are so excited to watch the game and we um, thank you so much for taking time out to spend some time with the Outer Sanctum and all of our listeners today. No problems at all. Thanks ladies for having me. I'm Emma Carney and you're listening to the Outer Sanctum. Uh, one thing I didn't expect was that Mariana was going to reveal that she was Miss Adelaide Croatia. Have any of you got a uh, tiara and a sash in no. your cupboard anywhere? Yeah, I'm I sash do. free. I, I do. I do. What? Yeah. I'm Miss 1991 Miss Chunarama Beach Girl. Oh, my God. I have a sash and I want a trip to Queensland <gasps> at the Port Lincoln Chunarama Festival. 
Tunarama. What yep, is Tunarama? I love tuna. Is there a whole festival? Whole people... festival. There's tuna tossing. There's bands. Oh it's unbelievable. <laughs> is this on your wiki page? I feel like we need to update you it. Put the... I don't have a wiki page. Thank you, Kate. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> Photo or it didn't happen, Shelley Ware. Or... I've got, I'll have photos of my beautiful self with my sash. I'll find them for you. We will only um, address you now as Miss Tunarama. Sorry, Thank we you. were going with Football Woman of the Year, but I think that's <laughs> just been surpassed. Well, our next guest is looking for a title of her own grand final winner is, I guess, the title she's looking for. We welcome Isabel Dawes from the Brisbane Lions to the Outer Sanctum. Hey, hey, God, I'm supposed to be here. <laughs> Are you dreaming of the Adelaide Oval? Oh, yeah, um, every now and then it's creeping into my head and I'm thinking of the day and the, I get nervous, I get excited and then I'm like, oh, I'm not thinking about it. But, yeah, honestly, it's in my dreams. Is there a way that you can harness that, either, you know, through your own self-talk or through um, what's been told from, you know, from the actual club on how to harness the excitement of the week? What we've been told, we just, um, everyone's feeling the same nerves, so we're just like, let's just all talk to each other because what I'm feeling is what, you know, all the other girls are feeling. Hey, Belle, it's Lucy here. It was such a close game against Collingwood and it did go down to the wire. How did you all pull up? Yeah, no, after the Collingwood game, um, everyone was just so excited. I don't think anyone was worried about what their bodies felt like. But um, we hit the gym at the start of the week and everyone was just so pumped to, you know, go again. So we're feeling good. Uh, Belle, it's Nicole here. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I imagine your spirits are feeling good. I don't know about your bodies. It was a pretty bruising encounter. But, I, you know, I think we were all really excited about um, your key forwards down uh, there, like Dakota Davidson, for example, and, yep. um, yeah, and, to, and Greta Bodie. Just seeing these players really step up and, um, you know, own their space. How, yep. how, you know, is that something you expect to happen this week in the grand final? Everyone's plays a good part in the way our team's gone this year and I think that's a big thing with the forwards, you know, we've got a lot down there where even Courtney Hodder, Jesse Wardlaw, all of them, Boz Arnell, Woosh, like there's so many names down there. We can just rely on each of our forwards um, to, you know, work through the goals, which is really good. And this year, like you said, they've stepped up heaps and just improved out of sight. So, yeah, I know when I go forward, I'm looking for all of them, you know. (laughs) Belle, the Lions have been a big talking point this season and just your form has been so rock solid. You've done it tough with lockdowns. You've had last-minute fixture changes. What kind of effect has that had on, I guess, your um, resilience and your connection as a team? Yeah, it's definitely made us um, a lot closer and, like you said, more resilient. Um, I know at the start of the year we just said, whatever happens, like we're not going to ask questions, we're just going to get on and go with it. Um, it was some advice that we got from the men's team. Like the teams who did well last season in the men's were the ones who just um, took it on the chin and said, "All right, let's roll with it." So that was that was a big thing we focused on at the start of the year and have been till now. Bell, we know that Craig Stasevich, we've been following him for a very long time, mostly because, well, because he's the coach, but also because yeah. he has a man bag and we're completely <laughs> obsessed with what is in the man bag. He's coming up against Doc Clark, who I believe is a friend of his. What tricks is he going to pull out of there? And has he been, have you seen Fags around? Have he and Fags been getting their heads together to really, you know, bring a whole Brisbane, a whole of club approach to this? Yeah, well, the man bag, I know he does pack a lot in there. I do fly with him so he does squeeze everything he can to that bag but um yeah Fakes has been showing his face around um not so much now with the boys with them being in Melbourne but they've been sending videos through of encouragement and stuff but yeah I think we're just going to go into this week like we do every week every game um train the same just 
stick to our team game, team plan, and uh, yeah, hopefully get the chocolates at the end. Um, <laughs> Belle, we, I mean, you don't really need motivation to win a grand final, right? Because you, you, you hit, obviously, with Brisbane having not won the last two, there's even more motivation. But the Lauren Arnell factor surely plays a role. Um, what does she bring to the team and what, what would it mean to the team to bring her a premiership? I think it would mean everything to everyone. But, yeah, even players like Loz, oh, I think it would mean heaps. Like, she is obviously getting older, so I think it would be awesome for her. But for me, she's been a huge role model off-field, like, showing vision. She, her footy knowledge is, like, one of the best in the team. And I've learned so much from her. And she's, she's just a very wise person. So I think, yeah, I think for everyone it would mean the world, honestly. Not just Loz, but, yeah. Hey, Belle, we have heard a rumour that you make up a rap song each week about the game ahead and that you bring it out on the bus on the way to the ground. Is this true? Yeah, it is true. This year I've been pretty slack with it. The words haven't been cut. I've honestly had writer's block. Honestly, that was a thing last year. I had it at the start of this year, but it's dropped off. But I'm honestly, I'm feeling like there's going to be a rap to the grand final. Can Can you give us a little example? Have some of oh, your work. Can't, can't, can't give you a little insight, but they're pretty pretty cool rats. So if any of you girls want to hear them, just get drafted to Brisbane. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got a rap name, you DJ Dawsey? Oh, a little bell, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. hilarious. So yeah. when do you travel and how are you? Um, I mean, I can already feel the energy. You are vibrating at such a high level and it's midweek heading into the ground. Yeah, I know. I, I have just had my morning coffee as well. But, um, yeah, but we're travelling good. Uh, I've got training tonight, so head down to that, have a good session and then fly out tomorrow. So... I'm excited. And have you Let's got go. friends and family coming to watch you as well? Yeah. Got my mum flying down, got my girlfriend flying down. Belle, you're running out wearing the Indigenous jumper. Does that have a bit of extra meaning for you all? Um, yeah. I think, obviously, um, having a few of the girls, part of that community in our team, we just love getting around them. We love getting around the whole um, idea of it. So I know it means means a lot to me just to be able to support my friends and family and that just to show that we support that culture and and we had we had our win against um, Frio in that jersey, so we've got good memories in it as well. So, yeah. Imagine Courtney Hodder just <laughs> flies up, <laughs> takes a massive scream, yeah. up pack mark, kicks the opening goal. That goal, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what awesome. you want to see. Uh, we yeah. wish you the absolute best of luck for Saturday. It sounds like you're really already enjoying the journey, which is half of it, and we yeah. can't wait to watch you just be on fire and enjoy the moment and congratulations for getting there. It has not been an easy season by any stretch of the imagination. This is a real milestone moment in your life. So enjoy it and congratulations. Thank you so much, guys. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Heath. Me and Heath, thanks for having me on here. I'm Kiara Bowers and you're listening to The Outer Sanctum. With grand finals comes award season and we're about to find out who wins the MVP and who wins the W award. The only thing we know at the moment is who was the leading goal kicker for the season. Who kicked a bag? It was someone from the baggers. Darcy Vessio caught up with Shelley Ware. It's no secret I love the blues and no secret I love our goal-kicking, human-sized, chocolate-bar-making, Instagram-loving sister, Darcy Vessio. Welcome. Hi, Shelley. Thanks so much for having me on. Absolute pleasure. Now, what a year for the Blues. Just knocked out by North, literally one point, and you missed out on the finals. How are you feeling about the season that was, and what are you taking away from it? Yeah, it was a bit of a funny season for us. I felt like um, it was 
sort of in almost season. Um, we, you know, there were moments in games uh, where we just weren't able to absorb pressure. I got told that it was uh, basically 12 minutes of footy, um, seven minutes against the Pies, four minutes against the Dogs, and one minute against Frio. So um, just those lapses, I guess, in concentration really cost us. Um, but, uh, yeah, I have no doubt we'll be better for it um, next season and, and for seasons to come. Wow, that's very specific. Who, who... I know, I know. <laughs> when I got given that summary, I was like, whoa, when you say it like that, um, that's tough. Yeah, and what does that do for you to take forward into the next season? I think we've really got a great team and, and great people um, at the club. So I, I have no doubt that um, if we're able to sort of fix those things and, and understand each other better and how to, I guess, handle pressure um, in, in moments throughout games and, and wrestle back momentum and those sort of things, I think we'll actually, um, yeah, we'll be able to improve quite quickly Um it definitely wasn't a season where I felt we were nowhere near it. It was, it's mm. almost the opposite. Like we were so close, and and I felt like we did build um, during the season, which which I think is really good for confidence. Um, and, and you can sort of take that into the next season. Now, your coach Daniel Harford said it's possibly the best footy that he's seen you play in the last six weeks of the season. But Outer Sanctum's own Julia Kiera says you're only in third gear. So who do I believe? <laughs> well. <laughs> I'm going to take it as both. I, I, think, <laughs> I think I did. I definitely, like, I think this season was the best um, footy I've been able to play. Um, but I'm, I'm going to listen to Julia as well mm-hmm. and, and think that I can take it up um, to another couple of years. So I'll I'll be giving that a go. And, um, yeah, if I can't find uh, the fifth gear, then <laughs> I'll just chat to Julia. <laughs> <laughs> She's got some wisdom there, that woman. Yeah. <laughs> Goal kicking has improved throughout the AFLW season. What do you attribute that to? If I think of myself from first year to fifth year, uh, I think you just have a, a, a cooler head um, when you're out there playing. It still is very stressful, um, but I think you're able to understand uh, what games mean a little bit more and, and just that repetition as well. So that, I guess, accumulation um, across across the years, um, working on your craft and yeah, all those kind of things come down um, come down to, to help on game day. So this is your second leading goal kicker award for the league. You won in 2017, the first year of AFLW, with 14 goals. And then this year with 16 goals. I personally think the award should be named after you. Or are you trying to get the name, the award named after you? But seriously, just wondering, <laughs> <laughs> what, what does it mean to you to be recognised for this individual achievement? Goal kicking is one of those... Things. It's like it's not something you start the season and think, right, I really want to get leading mm-hmm. goal kicker this year. But in saying that, like if you do get it, it means you are doing your job pretty well. And I have to say, you know, I'm finishing off my teammates' work and, and all those sort of footy cliches, but yeah. it really is um, that's what you're doing. Like they work so hard to get it down to you. And at the end of the day, like if you don't kick straight, like it just <laughs> makes it really hard to win. So to be able to finish off their work. I think it does fill the team with confidence as well. When they're kicking the ball in, they know that you're going to be able to do something with it. So I think it means we play better footy. But you took some hangers as well, absolute, like, flying high. What's your favourite part? Is it the hangers or the goal kicking? I love a good mark more than a good goal because I feel like you can fluke goals, but you can't fluke a mark. Mm. Like, if you you take a great mark, like, it takes all skill to do that. So 
Um, and I think it's really hard to take good marks. So, um, yeah. yeah, I'm always trying to work on my marking. I always feel like if my marking is going well, then I'm probably going well as a player. It's kind of like a confidence thing. And, and if you're reading the ball really well, um, whereas goals, like I love kicking goals and everyone loves celebrating a goal, but, um, you know, you can get a good bounce or, or whatever. Mm, I like that answer. Yeah. Will you be watching the grand final and who do you think will win? Yeah, I will be watching the grand final. I'm still in my mind that I really want to get there, but I was just looking at flights this morning and they are through the roof. So I might be just having a grand final party somewhere at home. In my mind, I've got a really good feeling about Brisbane and I think it would be a huge, huge achievement um, Mm. to beat Adelaide at Adelaide Oval. Um, But uh, yeah, I I really admire the way both teams play. Um, I think it's going to be an amazing game and I hope um, that the stadium fills up. Me too. I'll be there and I can't wait. I'll cheer nice and loud for you. Thank you. (laughs) So thank you, Darcy. No worries. Thanks, Shelley. I'm Ali Blackburn and you're listening to the Yowda Sanctum. Oh, this conversation today has got me so fired up for the grand final that I've already put my mouth guard in my sports bra. (laughs) I'm so excited. It is time for us to do final business before we get out of here. Shelley, can you give us an update on a story that we saw about the Carlton theme song? Sure can. So you may have heard the latest report of the Carlton Football Club theme song music being created by two women, Agnes Wright and Irene McEldrew, in 1923, that it was actually taken from a racist song Lily of Laguna. So in an update, the Carlton Football Club has spoken to Dr Hagen, key leaders, community members, elders and of course significant Aboriginal people involved in the Carlton Football Club and they have been and are continuing to consult. This will take time in a few weeks and the Carlton Football Club plan on giving the request the change to change the music for Dr Hagen. Oh, hang on. The Carlton Football Club plan on giving the request to change the music from Dr Hagen the time and respect it deserves. All right, so we'll stand by and and wait for some updates. Nicole Hayes, you had a milestone. Yeah, so Swamp Thing uh, shared with us some some golden goal moments. So the first goal was kicked on the 3rd of February 2017 in AFLW history. The 1,000th goal was the 15th of February 2020, so three years later. And the 2,000th goal was kicked on the 3rd of April 2021, so only a year to get that second thousand after three seasons to get the first. But what's really cool is they all have one thing in common, and they were all kicked by Jasmine Garner. <gasps> oh, that's amazing. She should get a medal for that. Right. She should. <laughs> Not a token, that a medal. should be a medal. Hey, another milestone that I saw that I loved is, I don't know if you saw, Buddy Franklin had a baby and called it Rocky, and I was like, this is awesome that now AFL M players are naming their babies after Rochelle Cranston and other <laughs> AFLW players. It. I absolutely love it. That's when you know it's in the zeitgeist. Lucy Race, what do you got for us? I just want to remind people that the grand final is on this Saturday <laughs> and the ball will bounce at 1.30 Australian Central Standard Time. So that is Adelaide time. If you are in AEST, the eastern states, that is at 2pm and it changes again if you're in the west. So basically check out the guides. Yeah. 
I'm really looking forward to seeing G Flip. I love the fact that she is a footy fan. I know it's going to be a G Flippin' final and I can't wait for it. It is time for us to get out of here. Happy Ramadan if you are observing it. And we will see you next week when we know who the winner of the GF was and we'll know who the W Award winner was. It's going to be a mighty week in AFLW. Thanks for joining us today. There's only one thing left to say, my lovelies, and that is... Go Go Footy!